Welcome to the Vinny's Voice podcast, a service-based podcast focusing on St. Vincent de Paul Society of Lane County and beyond. I'm joined today by Brent Heller, who is the business development director uh, for here at St. Vincent de Paul. And you are also the project manager for Hope Community Corporation. Is that right? That is correct. Awesome. So we're actually here to talk a little bit about Hope. Um, mostly, Most of the time, this podcast uh, is focused on St. Vincent de Paul and the efforts that we're doing. Um, but through partnerships and um, other community engaged um, organizations, we're able to do a lot more. So today we're specifically going to talk about hope. So for those listening who may not know, can you tell us a little bit about what hope is? Hope. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Hope Community Corporation um, is a new nonprofit organization here in Eugene. Uh, HOPE stands for um, Housing Options Production Enterprise. So like I said, it's a new nonprofit um, established in 2022 um, thanks to a couple of generous um, uh, grants. Well, one grant, a $15 million grant from the state of Oregon, um, as well as a a generous loan from the uh, Oregon Community Foundation for the purchase of the building that this enterprise is going to be located in. Um, so basically what the, the purpose of hope is bottom line to start a, a manufactured home production facility in what was formerly the um, American steel facility at um, 888 Garfield street in Eugene. So it's uh, it's it's really uh, a new and first of its kind enterprise. Um, it's basically a, what it is. It's a nonprofit. It's a separate five hundred one c three organization that is operating in partnership with St. Vincent de Paul of Lane County, and its purpose is to produce quality homes, um, energy efficient, affordable, and quality homes quickly and at re- reduced cost for low income. Families. Um, the intent of the enterprise is um, is really to help remedy the severe and, and growing housing shortage for low income Oregonians. Um, and what really what really spurred it was the the, the really disastrous twenty twenty wildfires that destroyed, um, I believe, thousands of. Um, what were formerly known as mobile homes of low-income Oregonians who all of a sudden after those fires found themselves uh, homeless. So, you know, that really exacerbated the, what was already a housing crisis, a housing affordability crisis in Oregon. Um, so basically, yes, this is an organization that was built to, to remedy, to help remedy that problem. Yeah, so you kind of answered my, my first and my second question okay. uh, with there. It was, you know, where the idea for home, uh, the idea for hope originate. Um, and yeah, the, I mean, the wildfires, for those who may be listening outside of the, the Pacific Northwest area, uh, yeah, the, the wildfires were are devastating, you know, and during that season, and that was a particularly bad season, and many people lost their homes. Um, and there wasn't a quick and, and um, efficient way to quickly replace those homes. Um, so is that kind of the idea is hope is going to be able to mass produce and um, quickly provide homes to the market? Yeah, that's the idea. Um, yes, that's bottom line. Yes, that's the idea to produce these homes that are going to be affordable, that um, that provide something for the market that is not provided by 
current manufactured home providers in the state. And these are folks, you know, the, the, the companies that currently exist building these manufactured homes, the Palm Harbors, the Clayton's, the Fleetwoods, et cetera. Um, you know, they're great and they do great, uh, provide great products for the, for the community. But what happened in 2020 after those fires, many of these homes were destroyed and these manufacturers that currently exist, they don't, that is not their market. That is not their target market demographic. They produce, um, more expensive, larger, you know, double, triple, triple wide homes, even larger that are custom built for, for customer specifications. And those homes, they are, you know, great and affordable homes. I've been up to those factories on tours. I've seen the homes in person and they're fantastic. They're really great. However, um, they're still outside of the price price range and affordable range for low-income people. So the purpose of this factory is to fill that gap um, with, again, high quality, but also energy efficient, but also um, uh, affordable homes that are, we have, we're going to have two basic models. We're not, we're not going to be out there customizing 50, hundred different types of homes for people. There's going to be two basic models and that's, that's how, that's one of the ways we're going to help keep costs in check. Oh, and I just want to back up one sec. I, I, I did say, um, that this was made possible by a $15 million grant from the state of Oregon, which is true. And that was from, uh, ARPA, ARPA funds back in 2022 when this came to fruition, ARPA being the, um, American Rescue Plan Act. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, I, I have to give a shout out to uh, Representative Pam Marsh from Ashland, who um, she was really instrumental in working with Terry McDonald, the executive director, of course, of St. Vincent de Paul, to push this push this through um, her constituents in the in that you know twenty twenty wildfire season that we had mentioned, her constituents lost a lot of homes. There's the really bad Alameda fire down there in 2020. So she was really instrumental in pushing this through. And this is something again, that she's been working, working over the idea with, with Terry for quite some time. And then it so happened between those fires and then those ARPA funds that became available, she was able to push this through the legislature. So much thanks. And, uh, to her for for making that happen and for the faith that she's placed in St. Vincent Paul and Terry McDonald to to make this happen. And of course, he has a long record of um, making amazing and innovative things happen in the housing realm and other realms, the social enterprise realm. So, um, so yeah, that's where this came from. And I'm just really proud to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it sounds like, you know, I was going to ask how could, you know, hope change the approach to housing? You know, is this a model you think you'd see replicated nationwide? I think so. I think it's, I think it's certainly possible. Certainly. Um, now, yeah, this is, uh, this is a test case, I guess you would call it a, uh, proof of concept. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but it's, it's something that hasn't been done before a, a nonprofit organization building homes. Um, this is a new thing. So could it be replicated elsewhere across the country? I don't see why not. I mean, if the, if the funds are available and if you have people with the expertise to do it, then sure. Why not? And we will, you know, we've, we've learned a lot over the course of this past what is this about a, over a year now working on this project actively that I've been managing this project and 
I'm sure we will be more than happy to share those lessons learned with other folks around the country who might be interested in doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it speaks, I think, a lot of volumes to St. Vincent de Paul and also the part people that we partner with and, and work with on, on projects like this uh, that, you know, there was no, you know, taking it back to an earlier project, the mattress recycling, there was no right. viable mattress recycling process until it was, you know, St. Vincent de Paul created it. So Absolutely. it sounds like this could be kind of the same thing for, for housing. Um, yeah, or, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's just a, an outside the box, innovative uh, concept that, you know, we, um, we are taking on and we have a history of doing innovative and outside the box things. So mm-hmm. here we go. We're, we're looking forward to making it happen. So you, you talked a little bit about mistakes made and learning from those mistakes. Um, can you speak a little bit about some of the logistical challenges of getting started? Yeah. So, um, there, (laughs) there are a lot of challenges with this. Um, my personally, my experience in manufactured housing is about a year old, as long as I've been working on this project and St. Vincent de Paul is not has had a lot of experience with developing housing uh, affordable housing programs and projects with putting people into housing with uh, acquiring land and developing housing for for people who are low income however we have not had experience with um starting a manufactured home factory that's just bottom line we haven't so there have been a lot of uh, challenges with that. Now that said, we're not doing this. We're not flying blind and doing this by ourselves. We have a team of um, consultants that we're working with, industry professionals who who do have experience with this, and they have been enormously helpful in helping us to understand the myriad of issues and requirements and the steps to take to make this happen. As as you can imagine, this is a extremely complex project. Um, Starting a factory for anybody, nonprofit or not, is an extremely complex project. So the, the help of our consultants, consultants has been really invaluable. We have folks in Indiana in Wisconsin and from here in Oregon professionals who are helping us steer the way. And so these homes I'll just start with the fact that so these homes, when we produce them, there is a there is a a code, a United States government code, the HUD code um, that has it is a thick book of regulations that establishes the standards for building these homes. And every home that comes out of this factory, the Hope Factory will have a HUD seal on it stating that it was built to certain specifications and it, that it meets all the requirements of the federal government for this home to be to be safe, to be habitable, to be a quality structure for people to live in. Um, so there's a lot to that between the design of the homes, the actual design itself, those have to be approved, um, which... Um, we are very close to achieving that goal. Those our homes are just about to be approved. It's been a process, uh, various design changes and whatnot. There's a lot to it. Um, so that's been a thing. Um, 
other logistical challenge. So that's not really a logistical challenge. That's more of a design challenge, but in terms of logistical challenges. So taking that building at 888 Garfield and, you know, it was basically a big, it's a big, beautiful, empty warehouse in the front of it. St. Vincent de Paul has put a, a retail thrift store, it's about a 95,000 square foot building. And that thrift store takes up about, I believe 15 to 20,000 square feet or so between the thrift store and the, and the backroom processing. And then the rest of it is going to be for the factory. So basically taking that essentially empty building and turning it into a factory with the, the office spaces, the electrical, the, the plumbing, the, the cranes, that's a huge one. We're getting cranes installed in there, uh, mezzanines, catwalks, um, spaces for air compressors, spaces for glue application machines. Um, it's just the list goes on and on of how to turn that empty space into a, a functioning factory is an enormous, I would, it is an enormous challenge, but again, we have help from professionals who are helping us do this. Thank goodness I'm not the one who has to figure this all out because that would not go well. <laughs> um, but I am the one who's been managing this this group of people who have been making it happen. The architects at Pivot Architecture, they've, they've been great. Um, mm-hmm. So Ed Boykin, our, our, our general contractor, who's, whose team is the one doing all this work, um, yeah, it's been interesting though. It's been it's been been a learning process. And then the last thing I can at least last thing for now I can say about the logistics is, you know, in addition to renovating the factory, then of course there's establishing a supply chains for not only for the the materials to actually build the homes, uh, those things, those supply chains need to be established well before you start production. So we have another consultant we're working with who's doing great work for us on that. Um, but then also the sourcing all the equipment for the factory itself, you know, the air compressors and the gang nail presses and the thousands of things that you need to actually accomplish this work. So it's been a very interesting challenge and uh, again, happy to be a part of it, but boy, it's never boring. That's for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, it's do you're doing something that's, you know, it, it hasn't really been done in this way. And yeah, like you said, like opening manufacturing, especially in this post COVID environment, I imagine is pretty challenging with the supply chains being kind of gunged up. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. With the, yeah, I had mentioned the cranes, um, which uh, they, we're, we're installing new crane rails down there and then and then putting in new cranes to basically that are going to be able to move the, the sidewalls and roofs of these houses uh, from one location on the production line to another. And yeah, the, the steel for these things, the components, yes, like you mentioned, the supply chains are, are very much um, an issue. And so if we want to get this thing started on schedule, we've had to be, have these, these projects in the works for months and months beforehand, which we're still continuing to work out. Sure. You know, uh, and speaking on on the supply chains and kind of the impact that's had on the housing market in general, um, you know, just new houses just they're generally not being built, um, and the price of housing going up so high, and people being priced out of you know apartments. Even do you think that this is 
a critical time for a project like this to exist? Yeah, I do. I, I know that the housing shortage in Oregon and across the West, and I'm sure in many other parts of the country as well, is 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 growing. So. I wouldn't say this is the solution, but it's part of the solution for sure. And I know, I know that this is a critical issue. I know, for instance, Governor Kotek just um, pushed through, you know, one of the first things she did was pushing through that $200 million um, housing and homelessness initiative uh, to, to help housing affordability and homelessness across the state. So this wasn't part of that. This happened, this, this pre, this preceded that. But the fact that for instance, the first thing she did when, when taking over as governor was to, to push that package through kind of illustrates how important the housing shortage and housing affordability problem in this state is. And yeah, I think this is an, absolutely imp- very important this is a very important part of helping to address that problem sure a multi-pronged issue multi-pronged response absolutely yeah definitely um okay well this is something i'm this is actually one of the parts i think is one of the cooler uh, aspects of of hope um you guys are, are actually leveraging um the the local school districts uh to get students to kind of help out um can you talk a little bit about that I don't want to say that necessarily student student labor, but future future builders, future contractors are getting kind of early hands on experience. Yes. Um, yes, that is something we are doing. Um, we've been working with Lane Educational Service District, uh, Lane ESD, on a program to basically have a training program for uh CTE students in high schools, uh, CTE being career and technical education, I believe, um, starting this fall. In it, it won't be student labor. I absolutely 100% would not say that because that is not the case, but it is a training program for. So what we're going to have, we're establishing, establishing a space in the factory where the students managed by Lane ESD and they will have a, an instructor, you know, a, paid instructor, not, not a, not a hope employee, but an instructor from the district who will teach these students kind of basics of construction in manufacturing. And then these students will be, will have a space in the factory where they will, where they will work alongside the employees of hope, um, who will help train them on how to do the, the, the construction tasks that are associated with building home, the, the drywalling and the plumbing and the electrical and, and whatnot. They won't be the ones responsible for the work, of course, but it's just a, it's a training program that will help explode, expose these students to, um, to how to do this. And it, for these students who are interested in the, in the trades, um, it's an opportunity for them to get real world experience in a real world, world factory. Um, actually, and it's also has the added benefit of course, of providing real world, um, benefits to our community. So, and then when they get out of high school with this experience, they will have that, um, they'll have that experience under their belts and they will be able to, 
you know, if they, if they so choose to be able to work for Hope or to work for any other of the, the many construction companies around the area who all of them, I, I know for a fact, are feeling a shortage of of skilled workers. There's a shortage in the trades, a shortage of skilled workers for the trades. And this partnership with Lane ESD is one effort to address that. And if some of these great students, when they finish their program and graduate from high school, if they say, hey, you know, I love to work in it, Hope, it's a cool project and they're doing great things for the world. And I'd love to just go back there and drywall for Hope for, for industry standard wages because that's what they're going to be getting, uh, the employees of Hope are, then, hey, then that's great for everybody. Win, win, win. Um, another thing we're doing, we've been working with Lane Community College with the CDE program down there. Um, the, um, the the welding program there down at Lane, uh, Lane Community College, they actually built a couple of the um, – 52 foot long single wide chassis for our homes in their class. We provided them with the plans and they built the chassis. And um, again, it's, that's an opportunity for those students to get trained on welding and, and improve their skills while also giving them a, a window into what Hope Community Corporation is doing and, you know, when they finish their skills and, or finish their training and they're all certified of welders, we're going to need some welders up at Hope to put together these chassis and, hey, we'll have folks who already know what they're doing. So that'll be great. Sure. Yeah, it's kind of a positive feedback loop. Yep. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's one of the, you know, it's such a cool thing about this project. I mean, it's such an amazingly cool project because on one hand, you're, you know, there's, there's the obvious, you're filling a gap in the housing market, but then, there's the job aspect of it and employing, you know, how many employees do you foresee at full capacity? Yeah. Full capacity, um, from management from the top, you know, management on down to the production line workers, we're probably looking at between hundred to 120 ballpark. Yeah. yeah. So you know, there's the employment aspect and then there's the training, the, the builders of tomorrow, um, yeah. you know, idea, which is extremely cool because of exactly what you said, the shortage of, of skilled labor, you know, right. So it's it's a really cool project that addresses you know multiple issues, um, and it's just you know it's an awesome thing uh, for St. Vincent de Paul to be a part of. It's an awesome thing for the community. So um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see where it goes, and you know we'll we'll obviously be following along and yeah telling the stories, and so you bet it's yeah be fun yeah it's been great, and like I said, I'm just really proud to be a part of it, and I think. Uh, uh, St. Vincent de Paul and Mr. McDonald and the, the whole crew up here for the opportunity to be a part of this. It's been fantastic. I, I love it. Yeah. Well, hey, Brent, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to sit down and talk to me about Hope. Um, it's like, like I've already said multiple times, it's a really cool project. And I was really excited to talk to you about it today. So, Well, thank you very much, Chance. Awesome. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been the Vinny's Voice podcast, a service-based podcast focusing on St. Vincent de Paul of Lane County and Hope Community Corporation. Thank you so much for listening.